0: It's Tuesday, June 14th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross, from Income Investor, James Early, and from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser. Guys, good to see you as always. Good to hey see you, Chris. Always. Facebook's CEO might have 100 billion reasons to take the company public, and Miracle Growth CEO has high hopes. But we begin today in the retail sector. The market was up today after the Commerce Department reported retail sales were down 0.2% last month, the first decline in nearly a year. So, Ron Gross, not great numbers, but still not as bad as economists had predicted. Uh, And on the heels of that, shares of Best Buy up today after first quarter sales and profit both better than expected.
1: Yeah, interesting. So, retail not great, better than expected. I think some folks are saying, you know, the auto sales is actually significantly impacting that number, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of related to the, the, the Japanese situation causing the weakness there. But it is interesting that, as you mentioned, um, stocks are up sharply, and specifically Best Buy is really rallying today. Not because the numbers were that good, but because they they beat expectations, which is often how these things play out on a short-term basis. Uh, I have a like-hate relationship with Best Buy. There's really no love in there. We actually own it in Million Dollar Portfolio. They're doing what they have to do. They're shrinking what's called their footprint. They're they're yep. shrinking down their stores. They're moving to mobile phones, tablets. Those things were strong for them. International was strong. But they've still got negative same-store sales. Net income was negative 12%. Um, they're moving in the right direction, buying back stock. But, you know, there's a lot of competition out
2: there in this space. James, do you think Best Buy is going to be around in, in five years in the same format, Ron? I, I, not in the same format. No, it'll, yeah, it'll, Amazon and whatnot is going to clean their clock.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, I like I said, they're focusing on what they have to do. Their online business, they're trying to to increase, shrinking the store base, moving to more mobile phones. Um, you can see those little Best Buy mobile phone stores are much smaller than the big box. Yep. They They're doing those things, but those, those the Amazons and even the Target and the WalMarts of the world. You know that's tough.
2: It's just a quick reminder too that nobody really knows what's going on these days. I mean, you have uh, people pouring. What are you think, talking about? I want we to have do a billion out of stocks <laughs> recently. Stock funds. I think I read. Uh, people are, are very very jittery, and, and and we can't predict which way the market's going to go, in you know, which way retail is going to go. But it, but it's an interesting barometer to follow, at least. CNBC is reporting
0: that Facebook is preparing to go public early next year at a valuation of at least one hundred billion. Business Insider is also reporting that Facebook is losing users in some of its early markets, including the United States. James, is this a case where, when you look at those two numbers together, Facebook, it's probably in their best interest to hurry up an IPO sooner rather than later.
2: Yes, <laughs> um, I mean for perspective, I mean they still have 150 million users in the U.S. and and, and five in Canada. I mean it's, it's still a, a popular format worldwide, and this could be sort of settling on a harmonic mean. You know, in other words, the thing goes above and below, just kind of f- filtering out some of the people who are less passionate a- as the market matures. Uh, the question is, is it is it a user based valuation? That, that, that people should be using to value this, or how is Facebook going to monetize? And that's we don't really n- know yet. And that's really going to be the determinant of how much th- these marginal users matter. Just by way of
0: a little additional context, um, Amazon's market cap right now around 85
3: billion. Google's 164 billion. So I mean, well, the thing about Google there, if you think about it, Google has the service that provides just a repetitive. Uh, service. I mean it, people are going in there and using that search product every single, you know, hour of every single day. I mean we use it here for example. Now, I guess most places of uh, of employment probably don't want you facebooking all day long while you're <laughs> at work, but Google obviously is something that people are doing all the time and and so I kind of wonder if there is that burnout factor with Facebook at least. There you got the the business
1: models are kind of different. Amazon on its face is a discount retailer, mm-hmm. a very good one. Uh, Google is an advertising company, mm-hmm. um, and they have different platforms in which to sell advertising. Whether it's a, a phone running Android or it's on your on your desktop, um, and Facebook is is advertising a significant to a significant extent as well. Um, so the Amazon comparison maybe maybe not so much, um, but but the Google one is interesting.
0: But just but just on that valuation alone, I mean it's it's we've talked about this before. Just sort of if you could if you had a hundred billion. Would you rather own all of Facebook or all of Amazon with a little you know with a few billion left over
1: definitely Amazon for me
0: just because of the way their business model works I think
1: it's an exceptionally run business and they can take the business in a lot of different areas uh, just like it, it it's not still just a, a seller of books over the
3: internet mm-hmm. it's it's going to be so much more and I think there's there's more it can continue to do yeah I, I'd agree there I mean, Amazon for sure just for the diversity of what they have to offer and just the potential left for growth there I mean if you look at I mean, Facebook is already hitting this 50% threshold, where maybe they're thinking that of a population of 300 million, they're going to be able to tap out at about 150 million. Mm-hmm. So the only source for growth there is going to really to find new countries you know in which to operate so china was the one that was brought up because you know you have a nation of a billion people there it seems like you know there'd be some growth there but they're obviously going to have some trouble even getting into china if they can ever pull that off
2: are you are you one are you one of the 150 million on facebook i am not you're I, not i, I am. am i know ron is ron is. i am i am as well are,
1: okay wait a minute are we friends i on think facebook? we are friends I believe <laughs> we are.
0: you never post anything on my wall i mean i mean <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm not an active participant <laughs> if that's
0: okay. Um, back to Google for a second. The market cap now is $164 billion. On its first day of trading in 2004, Google was valued at $27 billion, and there were a lot of people on Wall Street and, and some at The Motley Fool who looked at Google as a $27 billion company and said, you know what, that, that company's overvalued. Um, but obviously, with the benefit of hindsight, we can look at that and go, wow, actually, that was probably a great time to buy shares of Google. Let's say Facebook goes public at a $100 billion valuation. Five years down the road, what do you think is more likely that we're going to look back at that and say, wow, it was overvalued at the time, just as we looked back at Google and thought it was overvalued? Or are we going to look back and say, wow, that was actually undervalued? I mean, the
3: potential there for estimating Facebook to be like a 500 or $600 billion company, to me, you know, on the surface, seems pretty overvalued. But, I guess time will tell.
2: James? I mean, Google had a clear model, uh, simple as it was, just sell ads, whereas Facebook, we know it has eyeballs, we know it knows more than you want it to know about you, but how is it going to monetize? It's still not very clear. And, and Jason's absolutely right. 100 billion is a lot more than 27 billion. So maybe a third probability that it, that it goes up much beyond that. But I think it's probably a bad risk. Ron.
1: Yeah. To, to think Facebook could be a two or three or 400 billion dollar company down the road. You really need to be able to think out of the box, like our David Gardner here is so good at doing. What could Facebook be other than what's obvious to us now? Um, if you can't come up with a clear picture of that. Then at a $100 billion, you know, day one IPO, you got to stay away. But if, if you're the kind of thinker, you know, the, a rule breaker, if you will, that can think that way, you know, who knows?
0: And finally, guys, I couldn't write this any better uh, than uh, the Wall Street Journal's Dana Mattioli. So I'm just going to read verbatim from her article uh, in the Wall Street Journal. Scott's Miracle Grove Company has long sold weed killer. Now it's hoping to help people grow killer weed. In an unlikely move for the head of a major company, Scott's chief executive, Jim Hagadorn. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, said he is exploring targeting medical marijuana as, as well as other niches to help boost sales at his lawn and garden company. Quote, I want to target the pot market, he said in an interview. There's no good reason we haven't. Jason, uh, I'll start with you because let's face it, this is a fun story. Um, And you seem like you know about
2: this stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm going to turn to our medical marijuana expert, Jason Moser. Uh, But seriously, though, should, should... A CEO like this just be that
3: blatant about his intentions? I mean, to be fair, it certainly seems like a budding industry, Chris. I'd pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think, you know, I mean, man, I tell you, Scott's Miracle gore products are are all over. If you're a homeowner, you have a yard to take care of, you know the products. I mean, Mm. so you look at these figures they've talked about for the medical marijuana uh, market of of sales ringing up uh, towards the $1.7 billion. Uh, for for this coming year, now that's in sales. I mean, that doesn't really you know take into account uh, production, but I think regardless, you know, Hagedorn has to take into account the fact that his three primary customers are Home Depot, Lowe's, and Walmart, and these are all you know businesses that are suffering right now, and sales sales are uh, you know. Slacking, so he's trying to find new ways to generate income. So the sword's going to cut both ways there. I mean, yeah, there might be that sort of negative connotation with a company that's going to get out there and say we want to help people grow weed. But by the same token, you know, one point seven billion dollars, and we already have sixteen states that are legalizing the medical use of marijuana. I remember back when it was just you know one was was vying for that. So it it. There seems to be the potential there for something. Whether so, you're it saying was. it could really spark the growth that <laughs> the company needs? Or, on the other hand, they could all just go up in smoke? I think earnings, <laughs> too, just go higher and higher and higher. I mean, professionals, folks. Yeah. <laughs> James, But, you know, is this worth the headline risk?
2: You look at the market, and I think marijuana is still technically illegal on a federal level, right? It's just it that is. Obama's yeah, not is. been enforcing what the states That's have been exactly doing. Right. So there, there's some risk that, that somebody could put the kibosh to this. And I would have to assume that serious marijuana growers are already
3: using these products. Is that right, Jason? They are. I mean, according <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> according <laughs> to the article, they are using them. I say they um, but yeah, I mean, it does sound like, in and, and who's to say that they don't actually try to develop something, you know, for that specific market down the road. You guys are buzzkills. So, um, <laughs> there are too many puns. Uh,
0: bringing it back to a more serious level, Ron, as an investor, when you look at Scott, um, is this a stock that you look at and you think, uh, I'd love for the chance to buy low and sell high? <laughs>
1: I, that is, <laughs> I really thought you were going to be serious for a minute. I know. Good <laughs> setup. Huh? Yeah, nice. Oh, that's a real question. That was a real yeah, question. We're the human aside.
2: I mean when we're you look waiting. at this.
3: Well, that's why I'd like to buy any stock low and so high. Sure.
0: <laughs> we're gonna stop this before the we get in trouble with our I will say department.
3: I've actually looked at Scott's Miracle Grow before any of this news ever came out, probably about eight months ago. Uh, based pretty much on just my use of their product on my lawn down in the of Georgia. (laughs) But uh, it it did seem to be pricey, although uh, it's one that's always kind of caught my eye. All right, Jason Moser, James Early, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Chris. As
0: always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Anytime you're getting low instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Whoops there goes another rubber tree plant. Whoops
2: there goes another rubber
0: tree. tree Whoops, there goes another rubber tree plant.